the Magic of the Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have more eclectic conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. So as I record this intro, the full moon in Leo just occurred, and we also had Venus and Pluto conjunct today in Capricorn. And I recorded this episode last night with my friend Carla Palomino, who is a embodiment facilitator teacher. And she has been on this podcast before, and we wanted to have a discussion about shadow work. And so... We got together and did just that, just in time for this Venus-Pluto transit. This episode was uploaded last week, and I took it down at Carla's request, and I am now putting it back up with Carla's renewed blessing. Carla has shared her reasons for what made her want the podcast to be taken down and why she's happy with it going back up on her Instagram, so... I'll just let her speak for that and just say along a certain path that Carla is walking and I feel like I walk a similar path in that both of us are worked by our work, meaning that the things that we learn come from direct experience, you know, or what we're teaching, we are also being taught by life. So to have a process after the recording of an episode about shadow work is not surprising. And I'm just glad that we get to put the episode back up. And I had agreed to take it down because I don't really want episodes uploaded to this podcast that people don't want up, you know, if my guests don't want it up. And at the same time, I knew it was a good episode and we got good feedback. So I think true to Carla's depth of her transmission and her wisdom that she carries, the process that we engaged in as friends talking about the podcast and taking it down and all of that was actually really profound and personally life-changing to me. And I'm not really going to get into the details of that or why it was, but just really affirm that Carla holds deep medicine and she teaches me really how to be embodied and not just in the body right but in the moment and in the the tension in the room acknowledging what's happening um dropping in with another person and i'm just really grateful for her continually and excited to share this episode again Astrologically, we have the transit of Uranus and Taurus, which we'll have until 2025. It began not too long ago. Let me look it up, actually. So Uranus entered Taurus first, November 6th, 2018, and then it retrograded back into Aries and it re-entered Taurus March 6th, 2019. So we have this transit of the awakener planet Uranus in the sign of Taurus, which relates to embodiment. And 
one of the main things that I like to promote for this transit um, is having a somatic awakening, soma, the body, um, somatic awakening to have an experience of the body that is life-changing and being embodied having this conversation with Carla actually got me to thinking that I want to clarify and articulate my own thinking more about what astrological embodiment means to me um, because it is so much something that I live and working with my natal chart and with transits is not just something that happens in my head. It's not just a cerebral process. It's been a lot about like living out the natal chart and connecting with these archetypes. And I think with um, embodiment and why I've been drawn to learning from Carla, you know, in addition to the fact that we're friends, um, is that, you know, I feel so free in my expression with my words. Um, I feel like I can articulate, like I just have to sit down and think or, you know, even just sit down and write and the channels open and something comes out. But things like physical movement and like dance, those aren't really places that I are my go-to for self-expression. But of course, I want to feel expressed in my physical form. So learning about intuitive movement or learning about embodied journeys or being on like a fitness journey, like these are all things that have had immense value to me in my life and have integrated really well with my astrology practice because astrology is a map and our lives are the territory. And if part of, you know, let's take the connection between Scorpio, which is power and empowerment, it's opposite Taurus, which relates to embodiment. So for me, feeling like fully powerful in myself involves feeling comfortable in my body in all the different ways that that shows up. So I find that embodiment is a portal to many amazing things and that knowing how to access embodiment teachings um, during this time while Uranus is in Taurus just feels really important. So that's why I like to talk about my friend Carla, uh, not just because she's influenced me, um, but because I know that she has codes, that she is sharing codes about embodiment and um, I think it's a really important conversation at this time on the planet. And another announcement before we begin, I'm giving a talk called Pillars of Creative Mastery, the Grand Fixed Cross. This is an online event, and I'll be speaking through the Washington State Astrological Association. Um, but it will be an online event, so you can tune in wherever you are. It's happening on February 11th, and the spots are limited, so you'll want to sign up as soon as possible. The link is in the, the notes. But let me tell you about Pillars of Creative Mastery. This is a talk that I have shared once in Minneapolis. I think it was in 2019. Um, and I'm excited to come back to this talk. Um, I've added a few things to it. But the, the fixed cross is an ongoing meditation for me. The fixed signs of the zodiac being Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. Each of these I associate with the creative life. So we come into this life with a cosmic inheritance, this purpose, you might say, that we are tasked to discover and cultivate. 
And by purpose, I don't just mean what we do or, you know, why we're here. Like that's part of it, but it's also just who we are and being who we are. The fixed signs of the zodiac each correspond with elements of a creative life. Taurus relates to our cultivation of our individual essence, our resourcefulness and wealth, and our self-worth. Leo is how we radiate this essence outwardly, how we play, how we allow our light to shine forth. You know, from discovering our worthiness and our essence in Taurus, Leo is the externalization of that. Scorpio is how we connect with the depth of our unique soul imprint and our reason for existing through the language of our deepest desires. And Aquarius is how we tune into the greater intellectual context of it all and how we align our minds to channel brilliance. And I really mean that (laughs) channeling brilliance. I mean, it's like getting in touch with your genius, your higher self, tuning your mind to a frequency. Um, And we're always tuned into something, you know, it's getting really clear about what we're tuning into and building that channel. Yet each of these signs comes with challenges. We experience scarcity and deprivation with Taurus. There's the possibility of shame and feeling unseen with Leo. We can experience painful obsession, power struggles, and addiction with Scorpio, not to mention trauma, psychological fracturing, and disassociation with Aquarius. Because the fixed signs can be so stubborn, so fixed, as they are called, many of these issues are also stubborn in our experiences, like our lived experiences, yet they are not impossible to work with. And in this workshop, we'll discuss some of the things that helps alleviate them. This has been so amazing, you know, to have this map in my own life of just knowing the multivalence or the spectrum of these archetypes and feeling into how some of these deep, intense themes in life can be loosened and, you know, to gain more mobility. Embodiment is definitely one of them. Like even just physically shaking is a powerful activity for releasing stuck or stagnant energy in the body. And that's not, you know, where it ends. Right. But then we could look at, you know, maybe cognitive work, analyzing our beliefs and the thoughts that we have and what kinds of actions we take based off of those thoughts. Um, and even just mapping that out and choosing to rewrite the story and take new actions is different than just letting these scripts go by unquestioned, right? So it's just super interesting that these archetypes that have so much to do with our biggest potentials also are these places where we get super stuck. We'll explore some techniques, some creative techniques for harmonizing these archetypes, like focusing on the positive or resourcing pleasure as a way to build resilience and magnetism and to shift one's vibration. Like this is such a magical thing that we have access to creating feelings, sourcing feelings in our own bodies to change our lives. Like it's, it's one of my favorite things. Many of us have heard that what we focus on expands. So Scorpio is this kind of intense focus, but do we value Taurus what we are focusing on or are we focusing heavily on lack? Cause we can fixate on that too. Over time, these dynamics of what we're focusing on build some mental and biochemical pathways 
So it's kind of like an Aquarius Taurus thing. And we can reprogram these pathways to experience whole new worlds. One magical way to experience new realities, for example, is through the gateway of play, Leo. So today, full moon in Leo, you know, something I was writing about in the forecast was choosing an emotion and playing it out and how actors have this gift of getting into different emotional states at will and that we also can tap into that. Um, and that when we play pretend or when we play, it's kind of like a reality jumping activity. And I think that we really downplay play in this culture to some extent of thinking it of it as this kind of separate thing, like work and play, or you play when you're not doing, you know, productive stuff. When play is actually like a primordial, powerful, ritualistic gateway into new realms. So we'll explore these signs, the fixed signs of the Zodiac from a magical, empowering perspective to support you in making impactful connections on how you can facilitate your creativity. So the link to sign up for this talk that's happening February 11th, 2021 is in the notes for this episode. And I would love to see you there. Let's get into this episode, this conversation on the feminine and on shadow work with the wonderful Carla Palomino. Welcome, Carla. I am stoked to be recording with you. And before we begin, I would love to have you introduce yourself or reintroduce yourself to people who um, are familiar with you on this podcast. Mm. Beautiful. Honored to be here with you. It's, it's been a long time coming since we have needed to, to get on here again and, and really open. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm Carla. I truly, it's funny because every single time that I introduce myself, it's, it's, it's different. And it has so much to do with like, what's really true for me in the moment. And at the foundation of what I'm here for is truth and the feminine and serving the feminine as truth, right? So to me, the feminine is truth, is soul. And I walk that path deeply, vulnerably with uh, the practice of reverence and I'm deep on the path and I guide those in with me. I guide people into their own energetic blueprint and soul's song and expression through the pathways of body and, and, and really opening to the feminine in our own life and leading with that. Beautiful. Can you say more about what the feminine is to you? (laughs) Absolutely. So, so I'm going to get big, like I'm going to like zoom out big 
and then kind of get smaller. Yeah. Just so people can really follow. So we have our personality. Yeah. We have our human, we have our conditioning, the template that we're given. Right. But each of us has a soul song. Each of us has something that is so, so unique and ours to express, ours to bring, like our own belonging in the world. Yeah. And that's soul. That's soul. Like that's the, that's the thing that lies beneath. And there's so much noise and so many things like that cloak that, right? And so to me, soul and the feminine are interchangeable. To me, the feminine is like soul in living form. It's, it's, it's everything has soul, like a tree, a rock, the wind, yeah, like you, like the, the, the deep you, me, all of us, all of us have, have this, like everything in, in, in density and form contains soul. And so the path of the feminine is, so there's a lot of like, I actually have to talk about this to like really convey the feminine. Um, <laughs> If we're speaking of feminine as truth, the feminine will shine light on anything that is not true, anything that is false, right? And that includes our false conditioning, our our um, our our egoic control mechanisms that essentially block us from living erotically, which means fully alive and in the body. And so the feminine is like this force that exists both within and outside of us that kind of comes in and can really bring us to our knees in humility and I'm not talking of false humility. I mean like truly like a like a cracking open that allows the light in. And the thing is is like in, in how I'm speaking about this, it's such a felt experience. Yeah. Like if it's not, if it's if, if one hasn't fully experience this, it can seem kind of like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like what, what even is that? But whether we're aware of it or not, it's like when we fully are cracked open and, and something deeper touches us, we are in relationship with our deeper self. And so the feminine is not gendered, right? Like at all, like it's, it's, um, it's just a force that exists and it cracks us. It opens us. And when we fully surrender, 
our whole life shakes up. Eyes <laughs> <laughs> in the process. What would you say about the kind of um, comparisons to say like nighttime or inward or internal? Mm. Mm. Say more. I think about from like an astrological perspective, we use feminine and masculine. And I also track the conversation about the feminine and the masculine and one of the ways that I think of the feminine is like nighttime consciousness. Yeah. 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 So, so this is like, so this is actually, cause there's actually a paradox inside of the feminine. Yeah. Like meaning, meaning that like people have an idea of what the feminine is and like the feminine is, is, is <laughs> the force of truth that gets heavily projected upon meaning that um, certain personality traits will be conveyed as feminine, right? Loving, compassionate, nurturing, nourishing, you know, these kind of like, um, these kind of descriptive personality things get, get thrown and projected upon the feminine, right? And to me, that's not it. To me, to me, the feminine encompasses like everything. It encompasses our bloody humanity, like our, um, our, our, like, I think of it as like, like, let's go to the body. Yeah. Like the body is a feminine expression. Yeah. We like throw up, we shit, you know, we smell, we fart, we burp, like we, um, like it's, it's gnarly to be in a human body. Right. It's like, it's like, it's like a gorgeous mess. Yeah. And our bodies are an expression of the feminine. And so (sighs) what, what I'm really thinking about is like, I'm reminded of being in India in Tantra, Tantra school, Tantra Hatha, Hatha yoga school. And it's like, you know, we have, we have words and I'm like here trying to articulate this fucking force of nature. And like, anytime we try to conceptualize or like grasp, it just like kind of slips through. Right. And so to me, it's like, that is the feminine, that which is just deeply felt density in form in our body. Um, so the feminine will like burn off anything that isn't true. And in the burning off of anything that isn't true, we are left with only our broken humanity. And it is in our broken humanity and in these like states of, of, of actual um, deep in the body, deep sensation that <sighs> we are faced with actually like 
the reality that everything is lovable, like everything is lovable. So there is a truth in like being in deep approval of it all of like everything being okay. Yeah. Our emotions, even our, even, even our ego. Right. So that's the paradox. Is this, is this making sense? It is. Yeah. And, you know, for context, for anyone listening, I feel like Carla, you are the kind of person that, you know, if I go to you with a, something that's going on in my world that you can track the story with me, but sometimes and often you'll direct me underneath the story. Yeah. Like what's below the noise. Here's this like thing happening up here. And I'm a, I'm a storyteller. I'm a symbol reader. So I love that stuff. And I also see the truth in how at times living up in that realm exclusively can be a distraction from a deeper grief or a deeper truth that is actually the pattern or the deeper pull underneath this surface thing. Yes, 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 yes. So it's like, I'm really, I'm really like in my, in my initiation with the feminine, right? Cause I'm just going to be super real here. Like the fe- there's so much feminine distortion. There's so many, there's so many teachings that are distorted of the feminine, you know, like very victimized feminine empowerment teachings, right. That are pedestalizing of woman and, um, like diminishing of, 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 of men. And it creates this like top down sort of thing. It's like, it's not true. Like it just has an air of like bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's not like the, 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 and that's what I mean by the feminine. I feel like the feminine is, is really something that can be so distorted in in like miss misunderstood like and we have to be really willing to be cracked open and that's what the feminine teaches us right and so when we are in the stories of our ego when we are in um you know like when we're when we're, when we're spinning off in our head right we're not touching the thing that we're really feeling and so it's not to like demonize the fact that your mind is spinning. It's just like, okay, can we slow down and get a little bit quieter and hear and feel what's really going on? And that's the transmutation. That's like, that, that is the feminine, the deeper self, the soul self. So let's talk about shadow work and how you connect with this concept of the shadow and what is shadow work to you? Because this is another term that could be defined in so many ways. Um, And, you know, I think it's nice to hear about people's personal relationships and their philosophical understanding of the shadow and how they transmute things. 
So the shadow is like, it's like we have our conscious and we have our unconscious self. Yeah. Our conscious self is our personality. It's our ego. It's who we identify ourselves to be. It's who we know ourselves to be. It's how, um, it's the mask that we wear in the world. Not to hate on the mask, just like it's our protective layer, right? And what really drives us is the unconscious. Yeah. Like this is known, like, this is like, this is like (laughs) fucking neuroscience, you know, that our subconscious and subconscious and unconscious kind of have actually a difference, but I'm not really going to get into that. So we'll just say unconscious, our unconscious lives in our body and our unconscious is composed of beliefs, stories, thoughts that we have inherited from our ancestry that we inherited as little kids that we the things that we picked up to basically learn how to learn like for our ego to learn how to survive in the world we have these programs and they're living in our unconscious they're living inside of our body and that's what drives us right so we can consciously say that we want something but what really drives us to get anything, what really drives our doing, it's, is what is unconscious, what is held inside of our bodies that we may not even be aware of. Yeah. So shadow work to me is the alchemy of like getting really real with what's beneath and the beliefs and the things that we are sneakily doing and bringing them to the surface. Because when you shine the light, like if I'm walking around here, I don't think people can see this, but if I'm walking around here, right? I'm like, you're seeing me, Darla, here, right in front of you. But I've got my shadow right here, right? Like hanging below, my hand is right behind me, right? So it's like, I I can wear this front. I can say these things. But for those who are actually energetically sensitive, psychically aware, um, you know, I'm thinking scorpionic, platonic, like people with people with tapped into that. You can feel what's really going on beneath. Yeah. And so in part of this work, it's about how can we align our inner and our outer Like, how can we align what's really inside, like buried beneath all the unconscious shit that isn't ours, like that is, is ours because it's our responsibility to move through, but like kind of blocks soul. So like, I think about it like this, like if soul is the ocean bed, right. And then our unconscious is like the water in between the top of the ocean, right. Our soul is here at the bottom, that ocean, ocean bed, Our unconscious is like the water right above. And then the water right above that at the surface is our personality, right? And so we are being driven by what's right beneath the surface. And really in this work of shadow alchemy, shadow work, it's about how can we 
touch a little bit deeper to our soul so that that can be what leads us. Right. But we can't just want that because well, we can want that. But what we'll have to move through is we'll have to move through all of the fucking unconscious shit that we carry. And the thing is, is like, it'll fuck you up. Like it will fuck you up when you start to really see it. And so in the path of the feminine, the path of soul, it's like becoming a gentle, loving player and, and finding a way to like center yourself for the ride that it really is, which to me is like in my connection to spirit, to God, to source, you know, because my human is going to have its things as I'm like doing that shadow work. Right. When, when stuff comes to the surface and like, you know, like, let's take, for example, like, like I say, I want a partner and I'm like, yeah, I really want a partner. I really want an available man. Right. I really want an available person. And yet I keep being drawn to <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm ending up in the same position of like feeling heartbroken. Right. And I say heartbroken with quotes, but, but there is a, there is a part of it that like, it seems so vulnerable. It seems so true. Right. But really the deeper truth is that I'm actually so afraid of opening my heart fully because in opening my heart fully means I would have to give up some games. I would have to actually let someone in. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter what you say on the surface. What matters is like, what's really driving you. And so shadow work is the pro is the alchemical process of cleaning up all the impure, all the impurities and all the places where you kid yourself. Does this make sense? It does. I, I want to run through some patterns to like give some, like, like you just did. One that was coming to mind for me was the person who has that kind of lie detector or bullshit detector quality, but doesn't yet totally trust it and has people in their lives who aren't truthful and mm -hmm. so they're put in this pattern of questioning people and seeing underneath things, but feeling almost like gaslit, like no one's validating their vision. They're like, this isn't true. What mm. you're seeing isn't real. And why that's happening? Because there's definitely people out there who, if you tell them exactly what you see, they will jump, <laughs> be a little bit startled and be like, yeah, you're right. Where is that? Like, do you well, what I want to say about that is that I was actually talking about this today with my teacher. Like the thing is, is like those who have sites, you need consent to be able to actually name it. Right. Mm -hmm. Whether that's someone having a session with you or someone being like, or you asking the question of like, Hey, I'm seeing something. Can I name it? Right. I'm seeing something here. Can I name it? And then if that person consents, then, then fuck. Yeah. Like open your site and bring it forth. But like, if you don't have consent, it's actually violation. 
That's such a succinct and clear way of putting it. Cause that is the pattern too, where it's like the person who is sharing their visions and not being validated is, hasn't received consent. You're right. And, and in that, what I want to say is like a shadow that I see immediately in this example is like, are you using the gift to be validated? Is it that you want to share what you see or is it that you want validation? Right. And then it's like, if you want validation, then why do you want validation? And like tracing all the steps. So I think like one of the, like there are multiple ways that I do shadow work, but one of them is through embodied journeying, which is this like deeply shamanic experience of like, going into the body, shaking, moving, waking up the bones, the flesh, your skin, your body, getting really tapped into the interior awareness where aches and pains and like, um, you know, our body is, is, is a mirror to our unconscious, right? The body is the unconscious and manifest form. And so the body is always the pathway to tell us what's really going on. So that's one pathway of getting really clear with like, Ooh, what's there? What are these places? Right. And then we untangle them. Yeah. We lubricate them, open them, liberate them or through a more cognitive process of, of belief work of like following the crumb after crumb of like, you know, feels gaslit, right? This person feels gaslit. I'm just going to use the example that you used. Like, okay, so what is it inside of you that if you ask consent, right? What is it inside of you that keeps bringing forth the experience of feeling gaslit? That one can fuck people up. Do you you see what I'm saying? I even felt it because it's like the person who's feeling gaslit is already like, no, I'm already not believed. Why are you questioning me? Right. Right. And so shadow work knocks the fucking ego. And this, and the thing is, is like, you know, (laughs) I think this is why the distinguishing being able to distinguish our ego. And like a lot of like, I mean, you're friends with me, you know, like a lot of the times I'll be like my ego, right. Whenever there's like an I thing that I want to say, because what this, I, because it all comes down to what is the self, right? How are you identifying the self? And so a lot of people just like identify with every single thing, every single emotion, every single spin out, every single thing that their mind comes up with thinking it's them when it's like, no, that's not you, but you think it's you. That's like shadow work is the alchemy of like moving to what really is you by seeing everything that is not you. So what about vulnerability? And this is also, you know, speaking of shadow and Scorpio and that correlation, vulnerability is a huge Scorpio topic too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love I love vulnerability and true vulnerability, but there's a lot of shit that seems like it's vulnerable and it's not vulnerable. Yeah. We live in a time where a lot of the times people share something 
and they think it's vulnerable because they shared it because it's like, um, they'll share that they're having an emotion. And like, I'm just, I'm just going to be really blunt here. It's like, they'll share that they're having an emotion and, and it seems like it's, um, vulnerable, but vulnerability is one of these other things that we have hella fucking distorted. It's distorted because vulnerability is not egoic. True vulnerability has a, has like a revealing, has an emergence that in the process of revealing and emerging, when a layer of your mask cloak falls off and you feel that rawness and it's like, you feel in that moment, the, I don't know if fragility is the right word. Like a fragility, like a, it has a totally different energetic than someone having a tantrum or a spilling of this thing that they're going through that isn't touching the deepest thing. It's not vulnerability. And this isn't to, this isn't to bash on people's experiences of like you, um, if you do that, because it's like, that's part of the process, right? Like it's like, that's like, that's part of the process too. being able to have a vent with a friend for five minutes, 10 minutes. I'm just going to totally be in my little vent or in my little tantrum and my little, whatever victimization thing that, and, and then like you give space for it. And then what happens after the ego has its little thing? When the softening happens and your eyes are kind of like sunk back and like you feel that opening in your heart, that's vulnerability. Very different energetic. It's having nothing to hide. It's not needing to, it's not needing to be seen in a way. It's not pulling for something it's like showing up with your actual brokenness and it has just a totally it doesn't have story in it you see that's 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 a really good key indicator of vulnerability is that it doesn't have the mental weight vulnerability can only exist in the body and being fully dropped into the body is, is, is so vulnerable. <laughs> Does this make sense? I want to hear what's coming up for you. It makes sense. It's having me just think about the, you know, the things that we're talking about are kind of like the Tao where it's like that hard to speak of. Thing. Totally. totally. But, um, 
Yeah. I'm trying to think about, you know, part of even like some, you know, synchronicity about us having this conversation this week, um, is that I've been like playing with new shadow work techniques all week from Shaman Durek's book, Spirit Hacking, involving talking to the shadow. And I've started to hear answers bubble up and also talking to underworld spirits, (laughs) basically when negative or hateful kind of thoughts come up being like, are you an underworld spirit? And I'll hear a yes bubble up Mm. and then I interview it and it gives me insight. So Mm. for example, Mm. I have really been working with a personal pattern or like something around becoming more emotionally transparent Mm -hmm. because I know how to be very well composed and I can vacillate to this other extreme that where I feel like a mess and then I feel so much shame at how messy I am. So then I'm like composed again, you know, Mm -hmm. pendulum swing between these two. Yeah. Yeah. And I've worked on it for years, literally. And I know where it is in my natal chart and it keeps opening itself to me. Right. But I, I tried it out where I was in a situation this week where I felt really called at a deep level, despite my egos flailing to be emotionally transparent and honest in a situation, but I was feeling so uncomfortable. So I asked you know, I felt into the voices that were coming up in my mind and asked them if they were spirits. So I had a dialogue of being like, why am I so uncomfortable? Are you an underworld spirit? Yes. What are you doing for me? I ask it. And it says, I'm keeping you from making a fool out of yourself. I'm making sure that you stay cool and composed. Mm. And then I ask it, how have you, you know, benefited me? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you don't look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I ask it, why have I held on to you for so long? Mm-hmm. Because you're afraid, right? It's just like telling me things. Yes. Yes. So this is, this is really you working with your own psyche, your own, like, because this is all inside of you, right? Like you call it underworld spirit but it's, it's like a thread. It's a, it's a, it's an unconscious thread that lives inside of you. And there you are following the breadcrumbs and dismantling it. Right. So I, I go through with having this communication, this, you know, back and forth of exchange and in the activity, you send the underworld spirit to the light. And then once it's in the light, you ask it, you know, what wisdom do you have for me? And it says to me, you'll experience more intimacy now. And other people don't think you're as much of a mess as you think you are when you're acting this way. Like this judgment lives inside of you and you project it out onto others. So as long as you think it's messy and gross to talk about vulnerable things that you think are embarrassing, that you decided you will project that you will think other people are messy and gross, (laughs) you know? And it's like, now that you've like started to loosen that you not only will other people be able to see you and relate with you, but you will also honor other people's vulnerability at a deeper level than you have to this point. And it won't freak you out. You won't put a projection onto them that they're fucked up and messed up and don't have it together. And all, you know, so just opening that up 
But the way that it comes through, you know, it was an embodied experience of feeling this flood of chemicals and feeling the anxiety and feeling the turmoil. And it's interesting, Carla, because this experience that I had this week was like something that I could have moved through through this process over months. Yeah. In fucking years. And it happened in like a week. Within a few days, I cycled through everything. Babe, this, this, this is it. This is it because really like, I mean, this is, this is pretty much exactly how I work with people, with myself, with this. So I haven't read Spirit Hack by Shaman Dirk, but this is literally, (laughs) this is the process. You know, it's like, basically, even though you're speaking with it and there's like a cog, you're, you're cognitively involved with it, right? You are in an embodied experience of holding the sensation in your body as you track it, right? Like, oh, seeming like an idiot. And then like, it's like, well, what if you do seem like an idiot? Then what? Right. Well, then it means, well, and then it's like, you're kind of like burning through all the layers. You're burning through all the layers. And always there's a way in which our unconscious patterns at one point served us. Right. But in the process of bringing it to the light, it dispels its energy. Like it, it, it like loosens the charge. <sighs> like it's like literally like a sanskara being like whew, awoken, right? And it's kinetic energy that moves. And you're revealed as this thing burns off, right? And then you start to see, like what I loved about what you said is like, um, it's like, it's actually your own disapproval and judgment of this human experience that like has you a being in judgment of other people having that right like whenever we have like that's a shadow right like when when we have a judgment of someone's experience it's like well then that's a that's a mirror (laughs) to like our own disapproval of that like our own our own disapproval of, uh, of that expression. And it's like in the shot in shadow work, it's like, you can like getting beneath to like, why? Right. And there's always some sort of story or whatever, but then like, once we really find the core truth, like, as you did, it's like, yeah, like that, that, that is the actual alchemy. And it doesn't have to be this, like, you know, people will spend years and years and years on fucking talk therapy, like, and, and, and it's just like mental masturbation spinning off in the same damn egoic loop. Whereas like, actually these, I want to say spiritual technologies, and that's not really something I've ever used, but really in these, like, in these psycho-spiritual technologies that are embodied transformation can happen quickly. Like transformation can actually happen quickly if we're willing to to go through the whole ride. Okay. I want to challenge you. Can I embodied? Like I totally agree with you, but can it also be like with astrology, for example, like this is a symbolic language, but I do get embodied sensations and chills and an experience from it. So 
What's the challenge? Is it only embodied? Is only, is what only embodied? The catalyst for transformation. Oh, a hundred percent. Like undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. And you see, this is like kind of the, um, cause to me, astrology isn't like astrology is an amazing system lens. Like, and but you have an embodied experience. Like you have an embodied relationship to astrology. Like you are in like, as you said, chills, you know, like you are in your body. Yeah. We don't transform at the, at the, at the, at the mental level purely. Do you think life experience is a form of embodiment? Yeah. We're having an embodied experience in any given moment. This is an embodied experience right now. Yeah. Because yeah, it has me thinking about like shadow work that happens in romantic relationships or the people that we attract. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't a challenge, but when I hear certain things at like, mm-hmm. I was like, but astrology. So I don't know, maybe that's my shadow. <laughs> Tell me more. He works too. Tell me more. Well, whatever works to bring you closer to truth, <laughs> you know, like, if you're, if people use, I mean, I think this is all, this all comes back to your relationship with like, if people are using astrology, I'm so aware that this is an astrology podcast, by the way, I'm just like, Oh, I, I'm just feeling that I'm like, ah, <laughs> like if people are, if people oh, like, okay, are, sorry, let me, say, let me say this. Yeah. Like if people are using, if people are using astrology to put more stuff on, then it's, it's not very transformational to me. Transformation lies in the, in the taking stuff off. That's a good point because sometimes what people do with astrology, especially newer to it, but it, this has to be unlearned, but this is a pattern that people bring into astrology is they use certain things in their chart to validate a sense that there's something wrong with them. Yeah, exactly. And they will reference certain natal placements as an excuse for why something is happening. And they project their own autonomy or their own transformative power of like, well, I just have this, you know, Saturn in the seventh. So I guess I'm fucked in relationships. And, you know, and so someone might even hear that and be like, oh no, I have Saturn in the seventh and like feel tempted to take that on, you know? And the reason that I said that is Saturn is, you know, considered a malefic or brings challenges and the seventh house relates to relationships, but it's like, no, is there another way to interpret that signature and interpret how you're going to work with that? Yeah. 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 So there's two things that come up here in this. There's two things. So it's like the first is like to really be on this ride we got to get into the creator seat we got to get into sovereignty and the fact that we are in this paradox of both immensely powerful and powerless yeah this is the crux <laughs> yeah this is the, this is the crux of like 
perception and how we choose to respond to life and play with life and see things as gifts, right? And this is like a spiritual, I think, teaching that I think gets really um, diminished or like judged because it's like, oh my gosh, I have power because then you have to take responsibility for that power, right? So that's like the first thing that comes up is like, is like, yeah, you may in your astrology chart have some things where it's like, whew, you know, there's, there's that layer of, of challenge and, you know, how is this actually for me? How is this actually a gift? How is this like, are, are, this is like, this is like the, the, the alchemist's job of what is the challenges, like the biggest challenges in our lives, how we move through them and learn to yield, right? Wield, not yield (laughs) is, is, is truly like, that's, that's the work. It's like how we, how we, how we respond, because there is also like the reality of like, yeah, we all are going to die in any given moment something tragic could happen. Like there's no escape from that reality, no matter how much we want to be in manifestation or in like, um, it's like when we think that we have full control, right? A sneaky little place. It's like, and I really live in this dance of like, wow, I'm so powerful. Like just genuinely, like not, not in like a, I'm so like, it's like, no, I'm powerful as fuck. And that's a huge responsibility. And it's also my job to get the fuck out of the way and like allow life, soul, the feminine to move through shake me and take me where is true and not use not 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 egoically use my power to get what i want like from this um from this place that actually just hides other other parts where like that that doesn't that doesn't allow me to be in my truest vulnerability. It's, it's a dance because I feel like, honestly, I want to hear your reflection on this, but I feel like people will be deeply on one or the other of this. Either they're like super gun ho in this like manifestation and like working all this power to like, you know, kind of like become superhuman, I guess you could say, or like, I don't know, just like it's, it's, um, it's a way of being. And then there's also like the other camp, which can be, um, like either within that, I see two sub camps of like either full-blown like victimization and like not, not, not being activated in one's creator consciousness. 
or people who are on a religious or a spiritual path where it's like, um, they kind of give up any desire. Like they don't like, they give up any desire for money or for love, or they, they see, they see desire as sinful, right. Which is a very non feminine path. That's a very like, um, it's a very patriarchal, like masculinized religious spirituality, which is like a lot of what we're recovering from as a whole. So yeah. What do you, what are you seeing there? Well, I think that the path of manifestation and living in your power, um, if there isn't like cyclic ego death within that, it easily becomes distorted. And I just speak from experience too, of like being someone who's studied manifestation teachings and what it's actually like to manifest something and realize like, wait a minute, why did I manifest this? And the yeah. more that you try to force something or control, it's just, it, it gets weirder and weirder. And I yeah. feel like that's maybe some of the stuff that people, you know, don't like about, you know, this is why I like to pair it with astrology in a sense, because I see the whole astrological wheel and it's like the fixed signs. So with Leo, you get like this kind of manifestation, Aquarius, some detachment, you have to be detached to manifest. If you're clinging, it's harder to manifest, but then there's the square to Scorpio. And it's like, you have to know who you are at a really deep level. Are you met? Like, why are you manifesting a specific kind of car? Like, are you really connected to that in your soul or is it like a status symbol? And why do you want that status symbol, you know, or like manifesting your dream partner? Are you manifesting certain surface traits of how they look and what kind of job they have, which, you know, people do, but like, what's the deeper energetic signature that you're desiring? And unless you do deep inner inquiry, you're not going to be able to manifest things from a depth place. And so you may like flit around in kind of the surface, you know, astral manifestation realms, but not feel deeply aligned. That's possible, you know, but, um, I'm also really touching on this thread with like vulnerability of, um, I had like a deeper realization recently that, you know, jealousy, jealousy is a big one. I'm sure I'll continue to like unravel layers of what jealousy is, but in part, it's kind of like looking at another person and comparing yourself to them and judging your own life by another soul's standards and having this distorted idea that you should have what someone else has, right? Like, um, growing up, I was jealous of a friend for the way that her parents raised her because she had more freedom. And I thought I should have that life. So I built up this whole story of how something was messed up for me. And when I, did deeper kind of like healing around it. It's like, no, my life path was exactly lined up for me to be who I am. Like I didn't need my friend's upbringing. Why? Like I was outside of myself to do that. And so with vulnerability, it's like, what about just being completely connected to who you actually are? beneath those masks. And if the masks are a layer of control of like, well, I'll be lovable if I do this other thing or control or contort myself in this certain way. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I mean, jealousy is such a, has been such a loaded one for me. And anytime jealousy comes up, it, it used to be super, super loaded for me. Um, I'm so scorpionic and Torian, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like just through and through. And um, jealousy has been one of my biggest humblers, one of my biggest teachers. And anytime we're in jealousy, it's like, it requires us to be looking outside of ourselves and can actually be like, um, can actually be a mirror to what it is that we, what we really desire. But then the question comes in as to like, what is it that we really desire? that we think is outside of ourselves. Right. So getting beneath the surface of like, you know, like in your example, like your friend had this life. Right. And it's like, were you jealous of that life or were you jealous of the byproduct being like how she showed up in life? Right. And then you conflated like, um, like not conflated rather like you, you put the focus on like, well, if I just had her life, then I would have that byproduct. Right. And whatever that byproduct is, whatever, like she's expressing or being or has that you think you want. And so then that question is like, well, what, what, what is it that she has that you want? And then kind of like digging through and finding out. But the thing is, is like, for me with jealousy, what always like brings me to my knees about it is that it's always just call like, it's always a reminder of how starving I am for my own essence and my own life. And that I'm in distraction by being in like putting so much energy and attention on like this other person's thing and what they have is like taking me outside of my own seat in my life. It's a play. It's like, it's a place to get really caught. And actually I want to talk about sexual shadow work here. This is what's coming yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So I named this because, so there's a teacher named Caroline Elliott. Yeah. And she wrote a book called existential King. Have you heard of it? Yeah, from you, for sure. (laughs) So, so I, you know, this, this to me has been a very big tool of, um, kind of like speaking of like, like spiritual technologies, that was something that I really worked in my system through this, like using this tool of this this thing jealousy right which to me for me has a extremely high sensation jealousy has so much sensation it is based off of a killer energy you want to kill that which you want it's like um it's like super fucking primal like i mean you see it in babies brains like babies get get jealous from like a super 
like if they see like there's like these brain scans that they'll do and like it'll be activated in parts of the brain that are like oh like you know like i want my mama like if like they'll put a mom with like a fake baby and the baby will see it and then they'll like scan the brain and babies will get jealous so it's like a very primal thing right and um and in in what we have right like if we're if we're looking at things from the perspective of like everything that we have in our lives, this one can fuck people up. I just want to give a warning. <laughs> if we, if we look around at our lives and everything that we have in our lives, everything is exactly what we actually want from the foundation of our unconscious is like the driver's seat of what we're creating, right? Our unconscious wants everything that we have in existence in our reality, right? And so that includes the experiences that we're having, right? So if jealousy is one, which for me has been one that has been so like tender and and just has come up so much, (sighs) beginning to like in the uncovering of it, right? Because ultimately what we're doing in shadow work, which we didn't mention earlier is integration. Yeah. You're bringing it to the light and in the bringing it to the light, part of that alchemy is it's in your conscious awareness. You're, you're making the unconscious conscious. Yeah. So our sexuality, our sex and our sexual energy is like what we, is our life force. It's what we create everything with, right? Right now in this dialogue, you and I are interchanging our life force energy. We are making love in a way. It's it's very erotic what we're doing in the creation of this. So going into the sensation in your body of what it feels like when you're jealous of that person, when they have the thing that actually you want right? In some, in some way, for whatever reason, no matter if it's deep or if it's compensatory, as in like a surface level desire, they have something, right? And so you like cultivate your sexual energy and you fully accept, you fully accept the sensation. And you kind of affirm in this like existential king practice, um, and I've like kind of created my own like sub existential kink, like way that I work with it. But, but, but with following the, the, the basis, like the foundation, the structure of the practice of like letting yourself have it, like letting yourself indulge in the feelings of jealousy and being in full approval of it. Like, oh, I'm getting turned on, like really being in full approval of, of it and like touching yourself touching yourself either you're stroking stroking yourself or whatever like and you're 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 calming down that part of your brain that part of your being that wants to judge it as bad that's bad well i shouldn't be feeling that let me try and get rid of that it's like no allow it it's part of the it's part of your living experience and so you let yourself have it sexually this, this fucking practice changed my life. Sounds amazing. 
I don't think I've heard this from you before. So this is like a a new concept to me. Yeah. 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 So, so any of the things that you're like, Oh, I don't want that thing. Or you have a judgment of that thing. I should not have that. Right. Which is very much so coming from this lack of approval. Right. And this is the thing about the feminine is like the feminine is like, can you be an approval of all of it? Even your ego. (laughs) And so, and so this is like this, this is an an amazing practice to, to integrate and let yourself have it. Yeah. This one, this one's big existential kink. Y'all check it out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what I love about participating in the journeys that you put on is that like, well, you really go places and you go to places that are taboo as well. Yeah. Um, and there's a certain, there's an erotic quality to that. And there's a, um, there's a liberation. I think like it's, I think even just the idea of like what we can do and how we can engage with sexual energy beyond what we're taught is huge. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> it's the erotic, the erotic gets so dimmed to just fucking to just like penetrative sex, you know? And it's like, no, the erotic is fully being here in this moment with you, like me fully letting you in, you fully letting me in us being in this, in this dance of energy. Right. And it's, but even without you, like, it's just like me being in relationship with life is erotic. And the erotic is, is like, is why we're here. It's why we're here in this life. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's why it's it's how we all got here too. Yeah. Yes. And you know, something actually that's coming through and like what you said about the taboo and the journeys, it's like, yeah, to me, you know, and it's interesting because like one of my shadows or one of my things is that I'm actually, God, I have such a, I can have such a hardcore inner critic and like actually a very, um, Saturnian midheaven Capricorn sort of like, like, um, I can be really hard on myself. Right. I got, I got, I got in like part of my inner masculine. It's kind of a, like part of him is like, he's kind of a fucking bully. Yeah. You should be better. You should be ahead of where you are. God, you know, like I, I, I like, I, I know him. I know him. He's there. And this one's not about fully alchemizing it. It's more so just like not listening to that voice, not letting that, like letting him be integrated in the, in the sphere of me, but not let him drive my car. Right. But in the journeys that I guide and such a big part of this is like giving actual space for these different archetypes that live inside of us to exist right? Like if we have an inner bitch, we, I mean, we all do, but like we have like an inner bully or we have like, um, you know, we've got the people at the table, right? There, I forgot which author or whatever talks about that, right? Like it's like the voices in your head, right? It's like, they're there. 
And there's something, there's, there's something deeper than all of them, but nonetheless, they are expressions of the ego and they, they are consciousness that exists. Yeah. And we don't get anywhere by pretending it's not there. We actually lessen the power of it to drive our car by giving these taboo inner parts of ourselves a place to express, which requires us to be in full approval of our humanity. And I think that even like, I think hardcore, even for um, hardcore, I think even for spiritual people, I think a place that is a place that I continuously come back to is like, how can I really be in approval of the mess? How can I really be okay and, and, and love my ugliness, my like, just all of it? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. The, the, the self-development. Like I'm all about transformation. And it's interesting because it almost feels like the deeper that I go in, the more I'm just like, oh, this is about fully loving all of it. <laughs> like truly. <laughs> and being in responsibility for it all. So something that's emerging for me is thinking about how being an approval of the human experience and having a spirituality that involves the things that we've been discussing, like shadow work and the erotic that you, you can live a very colorful life. It's not about living with this kind of austerity or asceticism, right. That comes from more control-based spiritualities. This is, feminine spirituality that I'm, that I'm speaking of. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's just, it's really interesting because, um, I, you know, I've tried on different energies in my system. I know how to be very disciplined. Like I think I I'm good at discipline and the things that I'm disciplined to though, are in service to something that feels deeper, more soulful to me, but I know how to like, you know, really try to like control things versus when something wants to come through and be like a lived experience and the ways that for me, it was like learning about Pluto and evolutionary astrology and this concept of desire that once it's exhausted, it transforms. So it's, you're here to actually let go of desire through either honestly letting it go or living it out. And that every time, like the spiritual path that we're walking is this desire exhaustion path. So when I learned that, it was immediately empowering because I felt like I could lean into the things that I was desiring and that that was somehow like a spiritual path, which I did not make that connection before I got into evolutionary astrology. Then I started seeing it reflected in other teachings as well. But it's really like... The levels of like cosmic connection, the kind of like deep healing forgiveness of like, say like something I've wanted ever since I was eight years old coming true. And I'm in the experience of this thing that I've wanted for years. And I can just like relax and feel this sense of like, I was never wrong for wanting this. Like 
this is okay. This is like, I, I'm feeling the kind of transmutation in my body. And it's, there was an intelligence behind this desire, right? And it's this revelatory, nearly kind of like religious feeling. And it's way different than denying. Yeah. And making sure that we like follow these certain kind of things. So yeah, it's just, it's interesting to be in touch with the intuition about it because there are other areas of my life that I follow a schedule or a routine and I'm like on the dot about certain things, but it's for a reason. It's not to like, yeah. 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 It, oh, I got chills when you spoke about your moments of desires that were with you. Like I'm feeling, I'm feeling an emotion come up there when like, the because I because I so so it's like when we're children and you know before there's the layers right we're so raw we're so erotic we're so erotically vulnerable as children right life is just moving through us and in 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 you having those desires as a kid and then like in adult life, having them play out in like that, that transmutation that like, whew, that's so it. And it, and what it really touches on is like how the path of true desire is the path of soul. The path of true desire, true desire, not, I want that thing so then I can get validated like really raw, tender desire is the path of soul. And it's always been there. It's always been there from the start. Like we came in, our soul came in, our soul came here. And when we're on the awakened path, when we're on the journey, that's why symbols, right? That's why certain animals or guides or you know like the 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 um unobstructed desire as like that we have that 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 has been with us that gets buried as we get older and then we like come back to spiral back to it just makes me like feel so open at how like how none of this is coincidence right how like none of it is is um is accident you know like today i was in the woods and i was singing and i've made i've made a couple of songs and my voice is something that is like not not something that's just out right like i'm not like uh like people, no one thinks of me as a musician but as a kid i wanted so badly to sing right and bless my parents would would laugh at my voice right and so i blocked my voice and i buried the vulnerability of that desire of wanting to sing yeah and it's like here i am decades later like in the woods recording songs on my phone 
letting my voice free and singing and singing and singing, not to get anything just because it's true. Just because like, it is true and songs actually do come through me. And it's such a tender, like desire. Like there's no me putting it out in the world even like there's, and that's how, you know, it's like so true. Right. It's cause like, it doesn't have anything to need to prove to show. It just is true. <laughs> that's beautiful, Carla. Yeah. Yeah. So what I wanted to say to the second part of what you said around, um, like it, it's a dance, right? Like to me, I see you as someone who is deeply connected to their soul, to their, to, to her Dharma, to truth. And like, you have your schedule not to control your life, but to serve the thing that you're here to do. You're it's, it's in service to your soul, your schedule, your timeliness. That's a part of it. It's not like we just, you know, it's not so dualistic. It's not like we just, you know, just desire. And I was like, this actually is a thing like in Tantra, like left hand and right hand, right? The left hand is like, and is like, when I'm kind of on the left hand path, to be honest, it's like, you just fucking, you're here for it. Like you just fuck it. Like you drink, you eat red meat, you like, you fuck, you just kind of like, you're just here to taste all of it. Right. And then there's the right hand, very disciplined, very structured, like, right. That kind of, that kind of path. And to me, I'm about the middle path. I think there's, there's, um, like I'm here to experience all of it, but I'm really interested in experiencing what's true. And I know that my addictions are not true. (laughs) And I know that I have addictive tendencies and qualities. It's just like written in my system through and through. Um, and that my soul is here to, 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 to do something. And in that doing something, there's a responsibility. And I bring in that masculine, that structure to be in support of my feminine, of like my soul, of my path, like to actually help uplift and support. Yeah. So speaking of that structure, um, how can people find you in the world and connect with you and work with you? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, you can, so Carla Palomino with a K, um, you can go to my website, carlapalomino.com. And I work with people one-on-one. I, I work with people for a minimum of six months and I, and I guide them through, through the path of the feminine. And it's, um, usually end up working longer than six months, but it's a six months minimum to sort of do the process of deconstructing being in the void. And then like, you know, sort of like finding your way of, of really living in, really living in the feminine for yourself. Right. Um, and I have a school called Tierra Alma, which is a nine month feminine initiation into your own medicine. It's, it's an initiation into your feminine medicine. And so this is, it's an, it's open. 
when you come in, you come in for nine months. Yeah. And you come in and we meet, we meet a couple of times a month. Um, and you go at your own pace and it's centered around erotic cultivation, um, shadow work, um, soul work and embodiment journeys. It's, it's shamanic. It's, um, it's vulnerable and it's a beautiful community and it's intimate. And if you follow me on Instagram, um, you can, you can read some of my content, listen to some of my transmissions, some of my videos. And I offer, I'm not sure stuff is baking, stuff is cooking. I have some stuff that's coming out, but I also offer, um, if you're not in for like the nine month sort of journey, um, I offer three month, three month, four month programs and yeah, those will be coming out soon. I'm really excited about it. Um, this has been really beautiful. Um, I, you know, people who are listening don't necessarily see like how much you are in your body as you speak, but I love this about you and it inspires me. Um, yeah, you've inspired me a lot to even just have the practice of wearing on my flesh, as you would put it, uh, what I'm feeling. Uh, so not just verbalizing it, right? Because I'm also working on the emotional transparency stuff, but um, acting it out. There was that time we were in my kitchen and I was like, I, I was like, I'm in like a shame spiral. <laughs> and you were like, act it out. <laughs> and we just like ran around in the kitchen acting it out. And I just feel really blessed to have a friend like you for so many reasons. But one of them for sure is just like how ridiculously playful and just like open to life force you are um, in your consciousness and in your physical form. I'm really letting that in. I'm really letting that in. There's two things I want to say. One is I love that I'm wearing my Taurus earrings and that you're wearing these gorgeous snake earrings. And I feel like we're in this Taurian scorpionic sort of thing. And that really, it's like this dance of life and death and they exist together. Yeah. And like the closer of a relationship that we have to death, the more of a relationship we have, the more of an opening that we have to our life. And so I'm all about this cycle of life, death, and rebirth. I think it's the spiral path. I think it's the feminine path that we continuously cycle through. And I really love and appreciate how like you, you really see my zest for life. And you remind me to not always like get stuck in the death and you, yeah, there's a way that you like, you coax out that playfulness. So I'm really grateful for you in that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everyone go follow Carla. She, you are like, uh, 
you know, you walk the transmission path. So I know, um, people who follow you really like it's a vibe (laughs) that comes through. And I also, I just love like, uh, getting to walk this path of like being soul workers in very similar, but also different ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're teachers for one another. That's for sure. Yeah. Thank you for joining me again. And uh, if this was your first time listening to us, we have an episode earlier back too. Um, If you want to hear more, thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. You can find the links to Carla's Instagram, my Instagram, in the notes. You can find the link to sign up for the Pillars of Creative Mastery talk in the notes as well. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a bit and you have something to say about it, I would love to read your review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you take a screenshot of your review before you click submit and email it to me at sabrina at monarchastrology.com. I'll send you a resource library about creating and elevating your reality, um, teachings that come from, you know, study and experience of playing with the nature of reality, of playing with different metaphysical concepts to manifest my dreams and change my brain chemistry and overcome depression and all sorts of stuff. So I, I really love this stuff and I would love to share it with you. Thank you for listening and let us know on Instagram what you thought of this episode. Um, You can find the picture promoting this episode and leave a comment and share your thoughts and tag us. All right. Have a beautiful day. Bye.